Good evening. Lord, we just continue in that spirit of worship. We thank you. We pray that you would just bless these words, bless our meditation tonight. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just a quick introductory thought. Let's just turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. In verse 14, and the theme that, that we're just thinking about tonight is um, being a pilgrim, being a pilgrim in this world on our way to heaven and living like pilgrims. In uh, Ecclesiastes 2 verse 14, it says, the wise person has his eyes in his head. Isn't that a good verse? That's a biology class right there. Your eyes are in your head. Um, but we know that when we, were, when we were saved and when we were given the gift of the Holy Spirit, we were given new eyes, right? Uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 2.15. It says, He who is spiritual discerns all things. And when we were born again, we were given spiritual eyes. And I love to think that meditation uh, from Ephesians 4 is that the new man, he has been given a set of new everything, new eyes, a new heart, a new spirit. He's been given the mind of Christ. He's been given new ears and a new way to look at life. Um, and if we just turn to Matthew 11, just for our second scripture, the the main the main point I want to bring out tonight is that we would be able to measure our life with a pilgrim's eyes. Can we measure our life with a pilgrim's eyes? Can we measure our life as it is true in reality that we're just passing through, that we're just passing through this life? Can we process our life that way? When we see the manger do we see a poor family next to animals giving birth, or do we see the one that has come from ancient of days, from everlasting to everlasting? Or when we see a naked man on a cross, do we see a failure, or we do, do we see an eternal kingdom and the new covenant with the blood of the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world? Do we process our life with these eyes of faith as a pilgrim passing through? And in Matthew 11, Jesus says in verse 7 about John the Baptist, What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. And I love this thought. This is an amazing thought that Jesus is saying, there was a crazy man in the wilderness yelling out, behold, the Lamb of God who comes away to take the sins of the world. There's a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord. Make straight your paths. And he's wearing animal skins and he's eating insects 
And you can say that he's crazy, but God is saying, this is the one that has come in the spirit of Elijah. What do your eyes see? Someone who is a crazy man? Or do you see the prophet that is preparing the way for the Messiah? And what do we see in our life? Because Jesus, in Isaiah 11, Jesus doesn't judge by what he sees with his eyes. He doesn't decide disputes based on what he hears with his ears, but he judges by right judgment. And in John seven twenty four, he says, You judge by appearances, but I judge with righteous judgment. And how do we process our lives? Do we process in the natural man? Do we process by our career, how much money we've made, the success of our family life? Do we measure by how much we've done for God? Or do we measure by the newness of life, having a new spirit and a new heart and, and the way that God sees us? And when, when Jesus came to the man in John chapter 9, who he had just healed, and he gave him sight, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And, and the, the man, he said, who is the Son of Man that I may believe? And Jesus said, you are looking at him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And then he said, I believe, and he worshiped. And that's how Jesus judges our life. Do we believe and do we worship? We, do we believe and do we worship? We have a different value system as pilgrims going through this life. Do we believe and do we worship? It's, not, it's as simple as that. We, we fear lest we're taken away from the simplicity in Christ. Do we believe and do we worship? Do we have God's value system? The wise person has eyes in his head, and we have spiritual eyes that we can see our life as pilgrims passing through. So that's just a meditation for us. Um, so Lord, just bless these words and let them go into our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, let's do a couple minutes. Would you like to, for a moment or two, just have a prayer? Would you do that? Just pray for, what should we pray for tonight? What? Israel, okay. Your souls, that's a good prayer. Yeah, Christmas season, harvest time. Yeah, I wrote down the, I get emails and videos from, let's see, well, West Virginia, you did the outreach, right? Pastor Andrew and Laura, they went to Morgantown. Uh, I had a video from India. They're out on the street with a big, um, you know, a moving uh, platform. What's it called? A float, yeah, drawn by a truck. And they're Devendre, Pastor Devendre is preaching. Um, Izmir, the concert there in Turkey. Uh, they had a Christmas celebration in Oman. We heard about Colombia. And then the caroling here in the area. 
Towson and other places out in the street caroling. It's beautiful to hear all those great good reports. Okay, tonight I want to share like what what Zane shared was so good about um, being a pilgrim. Yeah, so would you would you have a few prayers with your neighbor? However, God leads you. Would you just do that for a few minutes? Yes, Lord. The local churches just pack them with people. Fill churches with seekers. Anoint the pulpit ministries in America. Please, yes, bring conviction of sin and the way of hell, the way of death, the way of the devil, the way of the flesh. Lord, bring conviction and turn people to you. They would be believing. They would be water baptized. They would be baptized into the body of Christ. They would be saved by your grace. They would become pilgrims on a journey through life. Oh, God, please do deep work. To be people like Kobe Westera, though we don't compare, but we delight, rejoice in her life as a pilgrim. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Bless the meditation tonight and the word, the ministry, Lord, we pray. Bless in Turkey. Bless and minister in India. Bless in Nepal. Bless in China. Bless in Singapore. Bless throughout Africa. Bless in Europe. Give faith. Bless in Latin America. By all means in North America. Oh God, in Jesus' name we pray. Make us salt and light. People of grace. People of faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, as many of you know, we, we our family got news that our brother was in the hospital intensive care and we uh and that he was dying and so on Friday uh we my sister Phil Pastor Phil we drove up to Utica and visited. We spent some hours uh in the hospital, then they released him back to the nursing facility for hospice care. And as a family, we gathered around him for some hours. And I was touched by the whole time. We laughed. We talked as a family. Um, we, we hugged him. We whispered in his ear. We shared scripture. We were quiet. We were crying, weeping. We were praying for him and talking to him. He responded a little bit. He was in and out of consciousness, and then he passed away today at uh, 5.20 tonight. And we are very happy as a family that he's gone to be with the Lord, with mom and dad. That's a great thing. That's a great thing to think about. I, I thought about being a pilgrim, maybe because of what I saw at the deathbed Scenario at the eleven o'clock, nine o'clock, and at eleven, I preached about it. It was really anointed at the eleven, the nine o'clock also. But I recommend to listen to the eleven because 
It was uh, zooming out. We have a deathbed scenario and then zooming out. And we had five words. We shared thoughts on these five categories of beings. God, the Trinity, angels, um, the saved, demons, and then the unsaved. And what they know, what is in their mind, how they look at life. And, um, and it was... It was a good message and spoke to us. Uh, tonight, I want to, you to think about very simply the fact that you are, you and I are pilgrims. So look at a couple verses, Genesis 47 and verse 9. And of course, John Bunyan's book, Pilgrim's Progress, has made this concept famous and known in some measure to all of us that when you became a born-again believer, like Kobe was Sarah, as we had her service today, and her son spoke very meaningfully to all of us and ministered very much to us. Uh, so Kobe was Sarah was a pilgrim in chapter 47, verse 9. Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage, my pilgrimage, and then their pilgrimage. So we have a, a simple picture here that you have... You're, you're, you're born again at some point in your life, and then you have a journey. And you actually have a destiny. And you finish your pilgrimage. You are in your pilgrimage in this lifetime. Your home, your home is not here, but your home is in heaven. When I looked at my brother's closet, there were a few clothes. He was in a nursing home. He had two Bibles. Um, he had a dictionary. And he had many complications in many ways. But um, it, 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 it really is not just for a man who has struggled in life, but for all of us. We leave with nothing. Our possessions anchor us to this world. The cities, the ways of men, your talents, your gifts, your mentality as a person. We are looking for a home. And many times people find it here in this life. They don't have a pilgrimage. They have another picture is more like this one. They are just here in this life, and they are attached to the things of this world. This world passes away in the lust of it, and unfortunately, so do they. They have no pilgrimage. They are anchored here, entangled their world is here, their possessions, their families, 
their bank accounts, their money, their, their success, their achievements, their failures, misery, disappointments. All they have is this life. That's all they have. And when their life is ending in their deathbed, it's horrible. They have nothing. They have nothing. They perish. Their thoughts perish. Their values are passing. They have nothing. So that's the, that's the way, the broad way of destruction that Jesus spoke about. The narrow way, few there be that find it. But when you find it, you realize you're on a pilgrimage. You realize that you're born actually from another another place. Look at Psalm 87 with me, please. Psalm. This psalm, I, I want to refer this psalm to you, I think, I don't know when, if I, even if I've ever preached from Psalm 87, but it's a very important psalm. It's a very good one. Look at it. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Now, this is Zion. This is the city of God, but it's not here. It's the heavenly city. There's two Jerusalems. There's Jerusalem below and the one above in Galatians 4. This city is not this one, that one here in Israel today. It's another one. That's what God loves, that city. He loves the gates of the heavenly city, the pearl, the pearly gates. He loves the gates. Where were you born? In what city were you born? In that city, let's read it, chapter 87, verse 3. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. What city? The city of God. Who looked for that city? Abraham. Hebrews 13, 14. He looked for... Here we have no continuing city. Tokyo ends... Moscow, New York, they end. But here we have no continuing city. But we look for another. You know that text in Hebrews 11. Let's flip over there. I'll just read it to you. Hebrews 11, verse 13, 14, 15, 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, the promises they saw them afar off. That means they were they were they were distant, but they they could, couldn't get their hand on them. The promise the promises were there, but they couldn't see that city. They couldn't get a hold of it that way with their hands. They're pilgrims. They're moving. They're they're not anchored here in the world. They are on the move. It's like suitcases. I remember one family story. Our family was relatively poor, 
and we didn't have suitcases, but we had pillow pillowcases. So as a family vacation, my mother would just pack the pillowcases and throw them in the station wagon, and we would go off for three days, once a year. We went to a restaurant as a family once a year. When I came into this ministry, I go, what's going on? We go to restaurants all the time. We can't afford that. But we, we are like tramps. My mother would say, we, we look like gypsies. We are like tramps going, to, you know. Yeah, okay, so this is like Jewish people. Jewish people have to move. Jewish people are called, what, the wandering Jew. A Jew that doesn't have a home. A Jew for 2,000 years who is moving around the world. A Jew who has no home, right? Where the Christian is like that. We are moving. We are, have you ever gone to a place and you settle in, the waves of the ocean are beautiful, the palm trees, and you go, I want to stay here. And then you wake up the next morning and go, no, I'm on a mission. I can't love it. I'm moving. I'm on a mission. I'm a pilgrim. But I love the company. I love the place. I love the comfort. I love the money, the finance. I love the opportunity. I love life. I love life. Yes, we love life, but behind it in our heart, we're on a move. Because our place isn't here. We are passing through in this world with our hearts on something. We'll, we'll go to that in a minute. Look at Hebrews 11, verse um, 13. They saw them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Do you have a nice home? I bet some of you do. You have a beautiful home. I, I know I have a beautiful home. But as I live in that home, I'm a pilgrim. I feel it in my heart. I'm using the kitchen. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful to have something to eat and, and to live here and to move around. But we hold things loosely. First Corinthians seven twenty nine and thirty. We are we are in. I'll explain to it to you more a little bit in a minute. Look at verse fourteen. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. What country? And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. Who? Abraham and Sarah. They desire a better country. That is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. What city? The city in Psalm 87. The city in Psalm 87. That's the city he prepared. The city in Revelation 21 and 22. The city that has foundations. That wasn't made by man. That's the place where we're going. Now look at, go back to Psalm 87 with me. It says, verse 3, Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. 
What kind of things are spoken? Oh, in this city, there's no policeman. There's no jail. There's no hospital. There's no deathbed. There's no goodbyes. This city, glorious things are spoken of you. Oh, oh city of God. There, there is no uh, set of uh, lawyers or rehab or there's no addiction clinics or abortion clinics. There's no deaths or sorrow. There's no Kleenexes or tears. There are no tears in that city. Are you looking for that city? I am. I said goodbye to my brother. And I wept. I couldn't believe. Even though I haven't been with him for decades, the bond is so real that I cannot believe. And like when Jesus went to Lazarus' grave, he wept. And it says in the Greek language, he was angry. Why was Christ angry at the, at the, at the tomb of Lazarus? It seems, Timothy Keller points it out, it seems that he's angry at death. He's angry at what death does to families. He's angry at what death does to your person. He's angry that death, that sin and death, they go together. And on the other hand, praise God for death because it's our, it's our deliverance from our sin and our sin nature. And we don't take our sin nature to heaven. We, we are just pilgrims passing through this world. And let's read the rest of it. It says, I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. I will talk about Rahab and how lost she was and Babylon, that city. And I will make mention of who I am as a redeemer. I will make mention of Babylon, that city, is nothing compared to this city. I'll make mention that I'll visit Babylon. I will, I will save. I will send missionaries. I will preach the gospel. I will send people into the highways and byways. I'll make mention of Rahab. I'll make mention of anybody that is born again. Look at verse 4, 5. No, 4. And this man was born there. Entire with Ethiopia, this man was born there. What do you mean? You were born, your mother is the new Jerusalem in Galatians 4. We were born from where? From that city, from God. We are born from there, born again. Christ came into us from there, from heaven. So now, Christ born in us, now we're pilgrims going home. We're going there to that city. And while we are here, we are learning. I have four things I want to make mention about this person here. I'll put a hair on her, maybe a skirt on her, because her name is Lot's wife. Lot's wife. Was she a pilgrim? No. She wanted to go back to Sodom and Gomorrah. She looked back. It was in her heart. If she went back, she, she wanted to go back. She turned to look, and she went. Because she didn't have any mission. 
She didn't have any unction. She didn't have the new birth. She didn't have her heart on another city. If you don't have your heart on that city, what city do you have? You got New York. You got Baltimore City. You got Owings Mills. We got life here. That's our, that's our world. And we get entangled with the things that are here. And that's how people live, unfortunately. Go back to the text there. It says, the Lord shall count. No, no verse 5. And of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. And the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writes up the people that this man was born there. Selah. Now let me show you something in your Bible. You have a book called Numbers. Well, why is it called Numbers? Why is the book Numbers called Numbers? Because God is counting. What is he counting? He's counting people. He counts you. If you look in Ezra chapter 1, you, you see he counted the families. And some families are small. And they've gone back to Jerusalem, but he's counting them. Who will go back to Jerusalem? And what is it, 160 people? He is counting them. 163 people. I'm sorry, I don't know the numbers by memory, but you can look 2,842. Very, like, random numbers, but every one of them, he is counting. He is counting. He counts. He knows you. He knows you. He knows you by name. He knows the number of hair. Not just how many people are in the kingdom, but he knows how many hairs are on the heads of the people that are in the kingdom. He knows our footsteps. He knows our thoughts are far off. God's taking care of you. You are a pilgrim in this world. And you're going to a city. My brother went there today. The spirits of just men made perfect. The blood of the Lamb that speaks better things than that of Abel. The thousands of angels that are there. The thousands and millions of angels that are there. The Old Testament saints that are there. The church that is there. Christ that is there. And sometimes if you are overwhelmed by numbers and big groups and everything, just calm down and just imagine yourself sitting next to Jesus Christ and him looking at you with favor and comfort and care and say, I I lay down, I love you. I love you. I am for you. Absolutely beyond you could ever imagine. Your heart will melt. I just want to be with Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. That spirit that is in you, that's the Holy Spirit. And you worship Jesus in your heart. He's not a tyrant of a God. He's the humble lamb of God. He is the kind priest. He is the caring one that touches you and helps us in our pilgrimage as we pass through this life. When you're a pilgrim, just like the Jews, I met a story. I met a man. I think I've told you the story years ago in Hungary. I was at a McDonald's on the sidewalk, 
And there was an old man with a big gray beard and a hat, and he looked like he was Jewish, so I sat next to him. And we started to speak, and he spoke English. I go, tell me where you're from. He said, Israel. I go, are you a Jew? Yes, I am. I said, where, were you born in Israel? He goes, no. I was six years old. I go, where did you come from? He said, Turkmenistan. I said, how did you go from Turkmenistan to Israel? Because I know the geography a little bit. How do you go from Turkmenistan to Israel? He said, we walked. And my family worked along the way. And we're going back to Israel because that would be our home. That would be our home. And I go, how how long did it take? He said, four years. We walked, worked along the way and ate and found our way. And I thought, you are a pilgrim. And your city is Jerusalem, Jerusalem, right? It's a picture for us. We're like that too. If you get too attached... There's things of this world, you'll feel it. And there'll be something in you to kind of break away. And it happens because we have so much goodness in our lives. We are like Kobe Westera, good friends, good family, nice home, beautiful way of life, great things here. But it's not enough. We're called to something and we're looking for it. We're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. We're looking for something better because we were born in that city and counted. He said, I count them that were born in that city. Of course, we were not geographically there. We are here on the earth, but when we are born again, we are born from God. And he's put it in our hearts to live here and move through here. So here's a list of things that I could share with you. Number one, labor to sense the vanity of this world. Let me repeat it. I have four points here. From This is from Jonathan Edwards, who makes a, a it's a, you know, a writing from him. And, um, he says here, labor to sense that this world is vain. It's passing. has a purpose. Absolutely. Thank you, Lord, for the things we have. But we hold them loosely. Thank you for you gave me a great wife. How could it ever be greater? A great gift. Thank you, Lord. But she's also passing. And so am I. And so our life will change. Because we are pilgrims, and we have our eye, and we understand the vanity of, we enjoy all the things that we have, but we also realize that they are passing away. Number two, labor to be acquainted with heaven. It's kind of like these meetings. Heaven is here, the spirit of heaven. The thoughts are heaven. The words from God's word, they are here. The love that's here in your heart is from heaven. The holiness from God is here. We get acquainted with heaven while we're on the earth. I remember we were in Finland and we wanted to get visas to go to China. 
and this is 1978 or 79, and the Finns went to the Chinese embassy, and when they went in, everything was Chinese. The carpets were Chinese, even the, the people were Chinese, and even lunchtime, they went out with, with live chickens, went into the back and slaughtered the chickens for lunch. And they, they had chickens for lunch there or for dinner. Everything about it, the language, the smell, the carpets, the furniture, the people, everything about But we are in Finland, but there's a little piece of China in Finland. That's like us. When you come to be with us, you, get, you start to, to think, wow, these people really believe. They really are believing. They are, they are feeling it. They're walking as pilgrims. They live here like everybody else, but somehow there's a difference. When they die, they die better. When they fall down, they get up. They don't quit. They have something that's happening in the, in their hearts that they are, they are walking and living as pilgrims. And remember, Jacob said, but my pilgrimage hasn't gone to the level of my forefathers like Abraham, Isaac, and, and Isaac. But here I am in Egypt and I am on a pilgrimage looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. The third thing, seek heaven only by Jesus Christ. He is the door of the sheep. I am the door by me. If any man enter, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. This journey is all about him and living with him and seeking him, expecting to obtain from him and through him this new walk, this way of faith. He numbers your footsteps. He knows your tears. He bottles them. He cares about us. Wow, he is beautiful. We are pilgrims and strangers. You know, when the first Americans came here, well, the Europeans that came to Massachusetts, they came to Virginia in Jamestown, and that, that wasn't as successful as the ones that went to Massachusetts. They were coming out of a persecution in Europe, and they knew they had nothing. They were looking for a city. You know, if you're looking for a city, you might get both. You might get that city, and as a pilgrim, you might be able to build your life in a great way. Because when you're looking for that, then you're relaxed about this one. If I get it, great. If I don't get it, I got that one, I know. I mean, I mean, it's like that in principle. You gain, you go for heaven, you get both heaven and earth. If you go only for the earth, you get nothing. It's all going. The fourth thing, let Christians help one another in this journey. There are many ways whereby Christians might greatly forward one another in their way to heaven. And I think we do a pretty good job at that. We were just in Baku, Azerbaijan, and I got good reports of the effect. I hear it from different places where people go. Pastor Shabelli serving in Latin America. We are helping and encouraging. 
and and helping each other on this journey. And just that's all for the message here tonight. I think it's a great thought for us that that we are moving. I like that. I, I just um, let me double check my my scribbled notes here. This world is a place of preparation for another world. Let us settle down here for a while. I, I know that idea. Let's not settle down here for a while. No, we have to get moving. No, we have to get moving. No, I want to stay here. I want to stay here. I want to settle down and be here. No, we have to be moving. We have to be moving. That's a, that's a good thought. I don't know how it applies to you, but I like to think about it like that. Let's settle down. We can make it here. We can settle down here. Yes, I know, but, but it's not our place right now. It's not our place. We have to be moving. We have to, we're on a mission. We have to do something. We're always like thinking about that. It's not mine. I remember being as like a, not a real serious hippie, but it was stylish to be like a hippie back in the 60s and 70s. And I remember wanting to be just like break loose and be free and be just living any way you, you know, like the way you want to and and having a fantasy idea about how to live and have live for yourself and live your way and settle down here and be here and do this and it's all and then i i don't know why but the holy spirit i believe the holy spirit brought it to my mind it's like no you're you're not going to live here let god take care of you your reward will be in the next life it's not here in this one you don't settle in this one and believe your reward is here your life isn't here your world is the next world That's where you're going. That's the world that will not pass away. That's the world that you're putting your treasure in. You're putting your treasure in there. Let's settle here for a while. Yeah, yes, yes. Let's always have our hand on the plow. Let's always have our hand on the sword. Let's always be prepared for what God, because we are pilgrims passing through. And our world is not this one. Our world is in the next one. That, and this one prepares us to, for the next one. But this one isn't the goal. This one is here, but this isn't where we're going to stay. We're going to move and come back here and reign with Christ when we come back. All right, amen. Would you pray with me? Let's think about it. We can just think about it. Lord Jesus, I'm so happy that many, many of us may have made decisions by your grace in our hearts to look for a city whose builder and maker is God. And it will be written down, this and that man was born in her. We are coming from her. We are here. And we know this world could never satisfy the longing that we have.
We have to sharpen our sword or be alert to the vanity of this world and not sell our birthright, not give it up. Not, we, we need to watch and wait and anticipate, ready to suffer, ready to lose something, ready to be able to move on and put our treasure in the things that really count. Lord, thank you for that. We feel that in our hearts. And then Lot's wife. Remember her, she was on the road to hell. Unfortunately. And had no way, no other option. She had nothing else but Sodom and Gomorrah. And there are many going in the broad way of destruction. They have no other, they have nothing except their appetites, nothing except themselves, nothing except their vanities, their ego, their appetites, their lusts, their vision, fantasies, desires, this world, that's all they got. All they got is this world, and that's where they settle, and it perishes. Help us to reach people with this message in Jesus' name. Anyone listening that hasn't started your journey, come to Christ today. If you come to Christ today by faith, you are born of God, by grace. All by grace, all by Jesus, you are saved and born again. And he knows your name. He knows who you are. Walk with him by faith. Yes. Walk by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen.